Welcome to Disney Versus, where we love flowers, chocolates, and promises we don't intend to keep. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I think you've done that one before. I have not done that one. I have not. (laughs) I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. If you are new to the show, welcome. Interesting time to come in. Yeah, this is... Yeah. If you see the title, Finals, it's... It's pretty self-explanatory. I wonder if they started at the beginning, like just played the first episode and then played just the last episode. Maybe that's what they're doing. Like, does this get better? Yes? No? (laughs) (laughs) Do like the prequels. You see where Luke, I am your father, and then you figure out how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. What we've done on this show is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies. We rate them in a March Madness style bracket, and we talk discuss, debate, and eliminate them until we have a true winner. Today we are deciding our true winner, and that is the last time I have to say that part of the intro. (laughs) Oh man, we have two movies left. Before we do that, how have you guys been? Everybody has great news but me, throwing that out there. Uh, What? Didn't he get engaged? Oh yeah. Sure, you might have every time. <laughs> you, might, you might need to edit that. <laughs> no, you can Heather, keep it. what's it's your fine. great news? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have been very negative, Nancy, for the past couple of days because of the storms and the zero power in my apartment. So I. It's forget. just been one day. <laughs> Yesterday, two, two days. It hasn't even been like a full. Two days. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I came home to yesterday after lunch and getting drowned. A hot apartment, because we had zero power. You can't be drowned if you can still breathe. That's the opposite of drowning. They drowned me, and then I came back. You can drown and come back, Tori. But yeah, I'm engaged, and also alive. So, that's pretty cool. That's good. (laughs) Uh, I got into grad school, and I'm going to be going to the University of Washington Foster School of Business. Woo! Woo! Yeah. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Bring on the bet. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's <laughs> real. So if, any, if anyone wants to send me money for grad school, I'm, I'm about it. Make it happen. <laughs> Grace, should we get a Patreon to pay for your grad school? <laughs> sure. It'd be great. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Disney versus. <laughs> yeah. It means we'll have to do like three episodes a week or something. I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It is. That's we did. We've been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. God. And I don't have any news. Sorry, because I'm lame. And all I do is work. As far as news goes, we don't have a lot. For now, I don't think we talked about um, the new trailer for Onward, Pixar's next movie after Toy Story Four, that dropped uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, two mm-hmm. weeks ago. I thought it was like last week. Was it last week? I think it was like last week, yeah. Yeah, last week was long. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. What'd you guys think? I'm excited. I think it's going to be, like, I think it's going to make me really happy because it looks kind of like Monsters University where they've created a whole world and fleshed it out. I do like the fact that the unicorns are basically like the raccoons, like eating eating trash and stuff like that. Like they're the Mm -hmm. annoying things. Yeah. I think that's kind of funny. Um, I feel like I need to see a little more, um, but I think that's also because I'm so used to, like, Avengers movies and, like, Avengers trailers and stuff like that, and, like, how I've been just, like, not seeing them, because I'm used to seeing too much from trailers, and so I watched this and I didn't get, like, anything, and I was like, Mm -hmm. so what's it gonna be about? And, like, for some weird reason, that was a negative thing. But it all looks really pretty, and I kind of want to just, like, see a, like, a trailer trailer versus, like, the teaser trailer kind of thing. Yeah. It has me curious. When I first heard about the like the concept of the movie and the cast, I was super excited. Well, not I was, I was intrigued. Looking at the trailer, it's didn't really. The trailer wasn't really a positive for me. It kind of looked like a Pixar premise, but with like DreamWorks execution. It kind of looked like a DreamWorks movie mm-hmm. a little bit, but it did a little bit. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. That's interesting. The thing that differentiates, you know, DreamWorks from Pixar as far as quality goes is the content of the story, the characters, Mm -hmm. 
Um, and again, it was what a forty-five second teaser, yeah, long teaser. Yeah, there's 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 room for improvement as far as you know what the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, first teaser didn't really get my goat, but I'm still interested in the premise, and the, the, I love the the cast. Yeah. And Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, uh, mm-hmm. like, feed off each other really well, too. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm kind of wondering how much they, um, how much they, like, will improv off each other with this movie. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. Chris Pratt is very good at improv. <laughs> I think most of Parks and Rec was improv. So I wonder if they'll, like, feed into that a little bit or not. And something that um, DreamWorks does a lot that Pixar hasn't done is top build actors for this movie i've heard of all of them and a lot of times like they'll have a cast and i'm like oh i recognize that name and that name and then the others i don't even know uh, right this is the first time for pixar that i recognize everyone because like yeah. coco and inside out like i didn't know that entire cast i didn't know who phyllis smith was mm-hmm. right i think that's it phyllis smith was the only person i didn't know and then Coco, I didn't know who half those people were. Mm-hmm. And I mean, their and their lead was a a no name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pixar has you know good credit with me, so mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get into the finals. Oof, this week's matchup: Beauty and the Beast versus The Incredibles. Man, I asked so many people about which one they would choose, mm-hmm. and it was so like evenly split really yeah Hmm. like people i talked to on facebook said one thing and people i talked to in real life said the other and i'm just like whatever guys (laughs) tori posted something on facebook like who do you think it's gonna be and all these people were commenting and i was like really no one's commenting that these are the two really (laughs) this is where we got 54 episodes in and and this is where we (laughs) i did appreciate in talking to my coworkers that when i asked the question the first thing they asked was which Beauty and the Beast, and then yeah. after I told them it was the '91 one, they were like, "Ooh!" And then there was a pause. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't an easy choice. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would definitely if if we were doing live action, I would definitely say Incredibles over Beauty and the Beast. But since it's but the what animated... if the Incredibles was was live action too? Like if this that's same movie Mar- just live that's action. That's the Marvel that's, universe. That's Marvel. That's, that's a good Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're that that's a myth that's never gonna be a thing yeah yeah no that's why they had to animate it <laughs> yo it, we we both know in like 2050 dizzy's gonna be like all right pixar now we're doing your stuff in live action it's gonna be live action monsters inc it's gonna be live action incredibles <laughs> it's gonna be live action coco um who else um they're gonna do Finding Nemo like they're doing the Lion King right now. It's all gonna be. They're gonna the do Toy Story realistic. the way they're doing Lion King. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be stop motion Toy that Story. That furnace scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. No. And Grace will still somehow hate Toy Story too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's awful. And I'll still always get really tense during the furnace scene, even though I know that they get out. I just never remember how. <laughs> Wait. 2050, we're going to be what? In our 50s? 60s. Yeah, 60s. I will be 60 All of us nostalgic kids will be, all these nostalgic elderly people will be freaking out. It's like, wait, I've seen this before, but I don't remember what happens. (laughs) When the Alzheimer's starts to kick in. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, knock on wood. Right? Oh, it runs in my family. I'm probably going to get it. So. Okay. I mean, you can't even remember you're engaged, so... Yeah. <laughs> Early onset, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest case of Alzheimer's ever recorded for. in history. <laughs> All right, so I guess let's get into the nitties and gritties of this. Mm. Oh, this is a good pause. Great. Yeah. Nitty gritty, silence. Usually, <laughs> 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 is... I, I don't know, like, we've talked about both of these at length recently. So yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know that I have that much to, like, at this point we've talked about these, what, four times? So Five many. Times. Yeah. Th- this is the fifth time? I think this is the sixth time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. Good lord. Six. That's a lot. 
And I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about them in non-bracket episodes because we talked about The Incredibles as far as is it the best Pixar movie? We've talked about uh, Beauty and the Beast when we talked it when we compared it to the live-action one. Mm-hmm. We've talked about these movies a lot, so we're going to talk about them again. Let's go, protagonist Belle and the Beast. Protagonists, plural. Mm-hmm. Belle and the Beast versus Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. So what about them? Like, the way they interact with each other, or the way that they play into the storyline, or both? Both. So both of them have kind of that tragic hero storyline, like, both have that element. I almost wish this was Incredibles 2, because then I could say, like, Elastigirl, for sure. Um, Awesome, 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 awesome protagonist. But she's not really the protagonist, and... Uh, the Incredibles one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about Belle is she is educated, but still relatively naive um, because she lacks she lacks world experience. She hasn't spent that much time outside of her town, theoretically. Yeah, right. Um, she's book smart, not street smart. But she's also grounded in her convictions. She knows what's good and what's bad, and and that's admirable, um, but also not necessarily as realistic. If we're talking about, like, I think one of the things that makes The Incredibles so impactful and so different than a lot of animated movies is mm-hmm. that their problems relate to real-life problems that we know, that we understand when um, an adult couple is having a hard time and someone gets laid off and they hate their job and they hate their boss and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kids want to do something and are held back by their parents because it's dangerous Mm -hmm. um or like you have a crush on the boy at school and feel like you're not seen like those are all really really relatable themes right um and being held hostage by a monster is less relatable Mm -hmm. yeah i think as a character uh, Mr. Incredible, like you said, he's more relatable. It's easier to... I mean, pick any of the... Any character in The Incredibles except Edna. Because, I mean, who is who is as awesome as Edna Mode is? Yeah. Uh, I know people who try to be as awesome as her. <laughs> keyword is try. Yep. <laughs> They're more relatable than the straight fairy tale depictions of Belle, the Beast, Gaston. I mean, I would say that there's nobody that's that evil, but, you know, look at Twitter, and I can be proven wrong very easily. Hmm. But these are hyper, these are hyper examples of fairy tale characters, and they're not as, you know, relatable. The real people, the air quotes, real people in The Incredibles. Yeah, the real problems of midlife crisis and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the, like, like Grace said, you know, I want to do sports. Please let me do sports, because I'm the fastest... M- there is <laughs> i heard that catch yeah. uh, <laughs> i was about to call him a man but he's 10 yeah something that they, that they both have in common both being elastic girl and bell is not being afraid to like stand up for themselves mm-hmm. with their man you yeah. know the beast is throwing a tantrum and bell is just like why are you acting like this yeah like when she's doing the medicine thing and he's like it stings and she's like well then you shouldn't have done this you know and then they have mm-hmm. that back and forth that I really appreciate. Um, and then the same thing with, you know, Elastigirl and uh, Mr. Incredible. Like, they, I mean, you see their spats all over the place because mm-hmm. they're trying to work things out. You mm-hmm. know, having to move all the time and stuff. Then Bob losing his job and all that. But that's, like, one of the things that they have in common, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of essays about these two movies in the past couple of weeks. Something that I liked about The Incredibles, a guy on YouTube broke down the plots, or the the A, B, and C story Mm -hmm. of The Incredibles. And the B story is Bob and Helen's disconnect, or their their lack of unity as a couple. And the resolution to that story is right before they're about to face the Omnidroid, and she's like, we're together in this. And if we're together, nothing bad can happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Heather brings up she's scared of the beast Bella's scared of the beast Mm -hmm. until she gets in the room and basically cries it out (laughs) after that she's like fuck this guy 
I'm not gonna have dinner with him. I don't care if it stings. You shouldn't have scared me. I didn't mean. I know I shouldn't have gone to the West Wing, but I wasn't gonna take your shit. Mm-hmm. And after after she cries it out, she's kind of just like, you know what? I take no shit from nobody. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Yes, people definitely do that. Like they're just like, I'm so frustrated, and then it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm together now. Fuck this person. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a good time. I I will never not love the Beast's journey Mm -hmm. throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. I think he has, I won't say that he has more development than Bill. His is just more obvious. Yes. Because he is the, I was going to say that he's the MacGuffin, but I feel like love is the MacGuffin in Mm -hmm. this movie. Like everybody is trying to find love in some way. Yeah. Even Gaston, he just goes about it the wrong fucking way. The absolute but wrong way. Something I noticed with the Beast, his his change is more uh, visual because he goes from wearing red clothing to blue clothing. Because mm-hmm. uh, Belle is in blue you right. know, at the beginning to show her difference from everyone in the town. Mm-hmm. And then the Beast starts wearing blue later on. And after the scene where she's cleaning his wound, mm-hmm. he yells at her he yells at her one time yep. and then n- never raises his voice for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is when the softness, he doesn't raise his voice at anybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't raise his voice at his servants. He doesn't raise his voice in the fight with Gaston. He just kind of softens throughout the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. He still has, you know, that deep voice, but there's never right. any, you know, there's no roar in his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because it's because that's when, that's when he's trying to be less of less of a beast because mm-hmm. The last time he yells at Belle, she yells back because she's like, you shouldn't have fucking scared me. And he's just like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so then so then it start, he starts like, you know, checking himself. And he's like, OK, let's yeah. have a like, let's have a human conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's healthy growth. Let's talk about uh, the bad guys, Gaston and Syndrome. They're both spoiled rotten. Uh, yeah. And... As an antagonist, like, I, I feel like there are a couple things that we look for, right? Like, there's how vile, like, how much do you hate them or love them? Like, either way, because, like, mm-hmm. Maleficent, she's fucking awesome. But Gaston and Syndrome, like, Syndrome's spoiled and uh, Gaston's arrogant and pretty dumb. But, like, the other part of... An antagonist. I think of who's the better foil, and Syndrome is definitely much more cunning and intentional. Right, but right. Gaston has all of the, uh, like gusto, bravado, like cult following. He's the he's the high school quarterback. Yeah. of that mm-hmm. town. Yeah, he's he's so beloved. They're spoiled in different ways. He's spoiled because he's so beloved. By those people, even the triplets, which I have a small thought about the triplets later. Mm. And then um, Syndrome is spoiled because he's rich and has people who work for him. Right. And they're both told no, and they both take it the wrong way. So it's like, who's who's more dangerous physically? Like when you're talking about overall like cost of damages, Syndrome is more dangerous. But... As far as like human danger, guess I think it's Gaston because mm-hmm. he can so easily convince these people to come with him to kill someone that they don't know who doesn't yeah. pose a threat. Yeah. Another thing with uh, colors, I, I focused a lot on colors when I was watching the Beauty and the Beast this time. Gaston is the exact inverse of the Beast, color wise, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because if you notice. What Gaston is wearing when he comes to Mary Bell, air quotes, Mm -hmm. he's wearing the same thing that the Beast is wearing during their dance. Except he's in the Beast is in blue, Mm -hmm. Gaston is in red. Yeah. Hmm. And they they both have the ponytail going on. They Mm -hmm. both have a bow in their ponytail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing. I mean, the Beast isn't wearing shoes, obviously, but exact same thing just different colors yeah Mm -hmm. they both have their beastly moments i thought of when the beast is about to drop Gaston. he has him by the throat and Gaston is pleading for his life 
there's a flash of lightning and it's Heather's favorite color, lime green. <laughs> Not because yeah. green in this movie isn't evil. It's the color of magic. Yeah. Because nothing else in this movie, nothing else of a significance is green except for the magic mirror and that green flash of lightning. I think that was the Enchantress's influence saying, okay, here's your chance to, you know, make it right. If the Beast had dropped Gaston, that would have been it. Yeah. Belle would have never loved him because, granted, self-defense, but I guess Belle will never be down with straight-up murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said the lightning flashes, like, right when there's, like, that choice? Yeah, he has him. Yeah. He has him over the over the castle. And there's a wide shot. Mm. There's a flash of green lightning, and Gaston is pleading for his life. And he looks and like then and then it goes to the beast's face. Yeah, ready to do it, and then his face changes, and then he lets him go. I wonder if because you said that the that lime green like relates to magic. I wonder if it it's relating to the spellcaster in particular. Because she was basically like, if you're going to be a beast to people, then you might as well be a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, not and I quote, obviously. So I'm wondering if that was to, like, kind of show a reminder of that real quick. And then he's like, oh, right, I'm human. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. Please leave. Also, something else. I'm, a lot of this stuff I've learned through videos. Gaston is also the inverse of the beast because of the way he treats Belle's love of books. Mm-hmm. Because when you meet Gaston, he throws her book on the ground. Yeah, in the mud. And when he comes, yeah, when he comes to marry her, he puts his feet on the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Beast, on the other hand, gives her a library. She teaches him to read again. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the special edition this time because fuck the special edition. <laughs> and then after the snowball fight, they're reading by the fire. So the the Beast is kind of nurturing her love of books. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gaston is forever belittling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Syndrome, on the other hand, I think he's really just a victim of vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And vanity. Because mm-hmm. like he was I'm super so... cool. No, you're yeah. not. Go home, buddy. <laughs> and if if he was so smart, he would have you know ditched the cape. Syndrome. Because capes really aren't functional. Syndrome is the millennial villain. I don't know that we've ever had a purely millennial villain. I don't know. I can't think of another millennial villain. Like, can can you? You mean a, a villain that acts like a millennial? Yeah. So we're talking uh, about the negative connotation of millennial. And so yes. clarify, uh-huh. clarify that really quick. Entitled. Entitled is what I think of. I deserve this. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I basically deserve. Not because I've done anything, but because... That's what I should get. Right. I mean, if if social media was a thing in the Incredibles universe, Syndrome would be someone who loves Mr. Incredible visually, mm-hmm. follows him to all of the things, and when Mr. Incredible, you know, scorns him, he blasts him know, immediately on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> he grows up. He grows up with that chip on his shoulder and that anger. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and hey, I'm gonna take family away from you, and I'm gonna take everything away from you. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted I just wanted like a like an explanation, I guess, for the negative connotation of the millennial I, stereotype. I can't really think of uh, Dr. Callahan comes to mind from Big Hero Six, but that was straight revenge on Cray because yeah. like it was cause and effect. Hey, I'm taking everything away from you because my daughter was part of your experiment mm-hmm. and she, you killed her. Mm-hmm. For all he knew, you killed her. Right. That was a personal attack, but it wasn't a, an attack to his ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Syndrome's ego was attacked as a child, and that just kind of festered. Like, Mr. Incredible didn't really say this. He just said, I don't want your help. I don't need your help. Mm-hmm. Mr. Incredible didn't say, you're not special. Yeah. Right. And Buddy just kind of took it the wrong way. And he twisted it, yeah. Yeah. As children do, because yeah. they're children. <laughs> Thematically, they both kind of, they both fit with their their protagonists i mean with with bell and the yeah. beast and mm-hmm. then with syndrome and mr incredible yeah it's just which one is i mean i guess syndrome is the more realistic one because of the times that we live in and i mean i guess gaston is gaston is also realistic yeah he's very realistic in the sense of stereotypical like jocks taking over 
you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or like straight white men getting away with everything. Yeah. That kind of shit. <laughs> Something I was thinking about is why didn't Gaston just pick up the triplets in the town? You yeah. know, the ones that were clearly mm-hmm. fawning over him. Uh-huh. But I was thinking about it. There's three of them. Uh-huh. There's one of Belle. Yeah. And it is the town consensus that Belle is the most attractive woman and the most beautiful woman in the town. Even though yeah. she's weird. <laughs> yeah. Despite her being weird and ew, she reads. She is the most attractive. <laughs> they don't even, well, we don't see it, but they don't even talk about the triplets. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just like, Gaston, you have the layup right there. Just pick up one of the triplets, you know, mm-hmm. or pick up all three of them. I guess they'll share. But uh, they know, probably would let let LeFou have, you know, leftovers. I don't know. I, I guess it's just Belle is one of a kind in Gaston's eyes. And she told him no. So he's like, I'm going to make her say yes. Oh, it's a challenge to him now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he promised himself he doesn't want to let Gaston in the mirror down. Mm, yep. See, you know, those pep talks you have with yourself. No. Is it just me? maybe (laughs) whatever Um, don't act like you don't have to there are some days where you have to hype yourself up don't that mm. i don't have to hype myself up but i have to hype up my toilet because sometimes it doesn't want to flush what (laughs) that that's took an odd turn briefly looking at uh i thought about maurice versus edna like in breaking this down of like talking points i'm like okay they're these supporting casts are really equal. I didn't want to talk about LeFou and Mirage because LeFou is supportive until the end and then Mirage sees the light at the end. That's it. Mm-hmm. Done and done. Mirage is a better person than LeFou. Maurice and Edna. Well, actually, Maurice and Edna are kind of the same in a way. Maurice is They're the both... dad, right? Here's yeah. Here's where I'm at. I feel like, okay, so Maurice is the dad, but I feel like Edna is like the godmother. Yeah. She's going to pimp you out, and she's going to tell it straight, mm-hmm. but, like, she doesn't need to make you feel good. Yeah. She's the Slytherin friend. I saw a post recently <laughs> about how you should have a best friend that's a Slytherin because they tell it to you straight. They tell you to get toxic people out of your life. They're there for you, and they, like, tell you that you need to, like, take a mental day if, the, if they see that you're being worn out and stuff like that. They tell you to tell people no. They're, like, the best. Anyway. She's the Slytherin friend. (laughs) And she says, go confront the problem, fight, win. She didn't say go get Bob back and come back. She said, Uh figure it out. Whatever it takes, whatever the, whatever the outcome is, go figure it out. Have a, have a conflict and come out the other side. Yeah. And then come tell me about it when you're done. Yeah. You know, I love our visits. And Edna's the best. Yeah. But I do like how Maurice is. He's he's a good dad. I mean, he's he's down for Belle for whatever. He's kind of in disbelief that the Beast would let her go. But, I mean, he's like, he's bas- he's basically still kind of, you know, defensive because he got thrown in a jail cell first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think Edna might be better in this one. Yeah, if you compare her to Maurice, for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if we should compare her to Lumiere. Like, Lumiere and, Cl- and Cogsworth, aren't they around Belle more than, like, the rest of them? I compared Lumiere and Cogsworth to Dash and Violet. I'm just trying to think of, like, their relation to, like, the main people. Know what I mean? I don't think Edna's on the same level as Lumiere. I think Lumiere contributes a little bit more to the plot. I would say Lumiere is closer to Frozone than anything because he is always in the beast corner and he wants this to work out he's his bro yeah yeah edna is on actually you know what i think you're right heather because Mm -hmm. lumiere wants wants them to be happy edna makes the new suit for bob she knows everything that's going on Mm -hmm. and she's in both elastigirl and mr incredible's corners in the same way that lumiere is i see yeah. what you're, i see what you mean yeah i see how that could work because even though lumiere has more screen time it's not always with bell and beast a lot of it is mm-hmm. with cogsworth you know yeah. what i mean yeah and i mean they're all in that in that regard all of the subjects are on the side of this of these two getting together they they like bell they love the beast they also want to be human again mm-hmm. but they're they're 
always in the positive. They're never, you know, negative about anything. And same in the same way, uh, so is Edna. Mm-hmm. And with the Beauty and the Beast cast, like they have to like remind themselves to try to not like force it, like force mm-hmm. that relationship. You know, they're like, no, it has to be natural. You know. <laughs> Yeah, because Lumiere was back. all like, "Great, we're gonna—they're gonna have dinner, and then we're gonna be human again by the end of the evening." Right. <laughs> Six months later, or whatever, however long. Uh, yeah, it took multiple seasons. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At, At least, least a Christmas look... later. <laughs> <laughs> I still want the supercut where you have the enchanted Christmas right after the wolf scene. Mm-hmm. That's where it fits in. I do like what Dash and Violet bring to the movie i think Mm -hmm. dash is at his best in this movie and not in incredibles 2 i agree Um, they give uh, yeah i think they give it more to uh, violet in the second movie yeah her arc is good in this one Mm -hmm. but she has more screen time in the second one i think yeah Mm -hmm. going off of what you said about you like what they bring um they bring in that like extra like parental love like familial love versus like who are you talking about dash and violet they bring in the parental love from their parents while in beauty and the beast they're all a family and stuff pretty much like really the only parental thing you see is miss potts and chip and that's not even part of the main thing so they tie in like the side characters in event in avengers jesus christ in (laughs) incredibles I just got so livid with myself. Um, uh, they tie in they tie in that to like the main plot and like the main characters in Incredibles while that kind of love and relationship is like kind of like a side note in the other one. It's more like fun and comical. It's like, oh, Chip, stop doing that. You're going to break. But yeah, so I like that like next level love versus like, oh, they need to fall in love so we can be humans. Yeah. They do a good job of not making it seem like it's about themselves. Like, yeah, they want to be human, but they care about him. They served him for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm glad that Human Again is not in the theatrical version that I always watch. Because Human Again, it's basically the subject's want song. And it makes it look like, we gotta make this work so we can be human again. Yeah. Right. It makes it a little more selfish, I guess, on their part. Yeah. The plot of both of these movies, like the story, storytelling wise, like we've said a couple of times, The Incredibles is more relatable. You know, mm-hmm. you have a family. Mm-hmm. It's modern. You have two pa- yeah, it's modern. You have yeah. two parents that are at odds Bickering. over an issue. Mm-hmm. And there's an issue that dad is dealing with and mom has to come and save him. Mm-hmm. And the kids are along for the ride. It's a it's a abstract family movie mm-hmm. that is relatable. Whereas Beauty and the Beast is a, not by the numbers, but it's a simply put together fairy tale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a simple moral at the end. Don't be a dick. Be nice to people, you know. I feel like we've covered that a lot. Yeah, I don't know if we really have to like talk so much about the individual plots and stuff like that. I guess more so just like who who did it better. Like, I don't even know. Like, they're not adventure, like adventure movies, really. I mean, The Incredibles is kind of an adventure movie. It's kind of a spy. It's, it's kind of a spy movie with superheroes. It's the Winter Soldier <laughs> of Pixar movies. That's yeah. I think Soup to Nuts, Beauty and the Beast is a lot more streamlined and easier to understand. I guess it's not as it's nowhere near as complex as Incredibles story wise. Mm-hmm. But this will kind of go into what I've been saying about color and everything, there's a lot more imagery in Beauty and the Beast than there is in The Incredibles to make up for the fact that, hey, this plot is very easy to understand. Right. But look at all the look at all the themes and imagery and playing with color and playing with darkness and lighting and good and evil that we're doing with these characters. Because like I like I said last time when we were talking about Beauty and the Beast once Belle leaves to go to the castle, the village is never bright again. Right. And then at the end, you know, the castle goes from dark to light. Mm-hmm. And it's very on the nose. Mm-hmm. The Incredibles is really all conflict and story and themes of the family. Like, yeah. you know, all the 
all the plots of the the family they don't play with imagery as much no i agree with that it's all it's all very straightforward and they just do a lot of like cuts to the different storylines that are happening like at the same time kind of thing they're woven together very well like Mm -hmm. the a story is bob and his wanting his glory days the Mm -hmm. b story is bob and helen's conflict over what to do with the kids Mm -hmm. with and what to do with each other yeah and wanting you know them to be themselves and then the c story is the kids being like what the fuck is going on parents (laughs) no 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 no. the c story is violet and dash being okay with who they are oh yeah dash being okay with okay i'm the fastest but I don't have to show off every, all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then violent with learning to be herself and her learning to be powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. A line that I like that um, Helen said is when she's giving her the mask before she runs off in the cave, don't think and don't worry. Because mm-hmm. when the time comes, you'll know what to do. Yeah. Like, that's a, I think that's a really good, that's a really good thing to say to a child. And it's a good thing to say to someone who is clearly uncomfortable in their own skin right mm-hmm. like it's gonna be okay do you want to jump to music oh man you can sing a lot to beauty and the beast yeah and those jazz tunes yeah these are probably the two biggest composers in the entire bracket mm-hmm. nobody except for randy newman nobody has more credits on the movies in the bracket than Alan Menken and Michael Giacchino. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's what those numbers are, by the way. Yeah. I can believe that. I feel like um, of Disney musicals, Beauty and the Beast does not stand out to me except for the song Beauty and, Beauty the, Beast. and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> which is an iconic song. Mm-hmm. It is. Incredibles, I think, has a better overall soundtrack, a more effective soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, that song... It kind of surpasses that. Those few minutes, I think it's almost... That's such an iconic scene, and that's... It's very classic Disney. It's like... It's the epitome of kind of Renaissance Disney romance. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that panned camera view of Belle and the Beast dancing so many times, even in, like, Disney recap trailers. I don't know what you yeah. want to call that. Um, but we've seen that so many times. I think that scene is the best version of that scene. The princess and Prince Charming dancing mm-hmm. trope has been used. It was used in Cinderella. It was used mm-hmm. in Sleeping Beauty. Um, was it used in Little Mermaid? At the very end at the wedding, I at think. At the very end when they get married. It wasn't used in Aladdin. And it hasn't been used in modern Disney movies because they're all about subverting the princess and prince trope. Mm-hmm. I think that scene, that ballroom scene is the best version of that scene that we've ever seen or will see. Yeah. Right. Unless someone goes, you know, I just want to make my version of Beauty and the Beast. And I don't care about, you know, gender roles or tropes. I just want to do that, but my way. Right. Here's where I'm going to lose some people. The incredible soundtrack I love, but... Is that the only soundtrack that could be done with that movie? I mean, probably not, because jazz goes along with a whole bunch of stuff. But, I mean, they chose that kind of jazz and those specific kinds of, like, I, feels because, you know, it, they're in, like, what, the 1950s or something like that? Like, they're trying to... Something like that. They're trying to show off, like, give the vibe of, like, that actual time. The Incredible score is great, and I love it. I think the Beauty and the Beast score contributes more to the movie itself. Because the songs are a big part of the movie. And the songs are a big part of the score. Because the motifs that I were talking about mm-hmm. last time are the themes. Yeah. Because Bell, the song Bell, is used as Bell's theme. The prologue, the music in the prologue, is used as the Beast, the beast theme. Uh-huh. Be mm-hmm. Our Guest is kind of the theme of the castle. And, of course, Gaston's theme is Gaston. Well, and, I I mean, go ahead, Grace. And thinking about the soundtrack bits that aren't songs, it gives you context for all the emotions that you're supposed to be feeling, like, in a way. uh, I think Incredibles does, but Incredibles has, like, an overarching, a very defined overarching theme of this is a spy movie. This is a spy movie. Mm -hmm. We're going towards Bond. 
That's yep. what we want you to think about this. Yep, yep, um, yep. Has a lot of Mission Impossible feel to it too. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, and but like that's basically what I get from it is like this is very, this is very that. Mm-hmm. Um, they nailed but, what they were trying to do. <laughs> yeah, and Lion King definitely kind of pulls up their heartstrings a little bit more. Maybe Beauty and the Beast. That one. What did I say? Lion no, King. So Lion King. Oh no! <laughs> it's, it's not in the finals, Grace. It's okay. We will get through this. We're almost there. I do love that in credits theme, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk about legacy? I think hands down, Beauty and the Beast has the best legacy of these two. Yeah, this is. It's mm-hmm. difficult to. It, it's kind of a no-brainer. It um, and part of that is just time, and yeah. I think also our age group. So I'll be interested to see in 20 years if kids who grew up with Incredibles or grew up with Pixar in general have the same attachment as we do to the Renaissance Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I think the time frame that we're in now will be their new Renaissance because yeah. we're, we're technically in the revival era right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just looking at short-term legacy, Beauty and the Beast got a lot more respect. Words that are trying to go through like respect, it got more buzz, it got more, um, it got more accolades. It got more yeah. awards. It got more praise than the Incredibles did at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe because it was during the boom of when, you know, DreamWorks was on the rise, and Pixar was on the rise, and Little Mermaid came out, but nobody was high on the Little Mermaid like they were high on Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. That's because she's a brat. <laughs> Now, I'm talking about like the I movie know. itself. I like, know. Overall, I just wanted to sting it. Beauty and the Beast was Black Panther, and The Incredibles is Captain America: Winter Soldier. I guess people people love it, but it didn't get you know thought about and praised as much as Beauty and the Beast, or as as Black Panther did. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hope that I agree. Hope that metaphor. Hope that analogy didn't go off the rails. Hmm. So do we want to talk about iconic scenes? The dance scene, obviously. Dance scene, the fight scene at the end on top of the castle, the rebirth of the beast. Mm -hmm. That gets played a lot in Disney montages too. Yeah. um, And like was in Shrek and um, Mm -hmm. just not Disney. But I have a hard time. That's, this is another area where like, man, it, Beauty and the Beast just did it better. Like, the Incredibles I like as a overall movie, but I have a hard time pinpointing specific scenes. Mm. Um, like I, there are certain images, like uh, the image where Mr. Incredible walks through the lava, mm-hmm. um, or is like looking at Mirage who walks through the lava in this like massive hall. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a very visually striking scene. There's the hero shot of the family. Yep. The hero shot of the family. But, like, even still, I don't even... I kind of know what's going on in that scene. That's right before Syndrome yeah. comes out. Actually, that's... Yeah. That's after, right? It's right before because they're in... fighting minions. Oh. Yeah. Right. I think that's probably the most important scene thematically mm-hmm. to the movie. It's because... Because that's when they're united. You know, if you look at that scene, Helen and Bob are back together. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're Violet's back with their kids. Is, yeah, they're they're back together as a family. Violet's hair is out of her face, mm-hmm. so she's like right after that, she's her hair is out of her face, and she's using her powers like she should have before the plane crash. Yeah, like she is she's strong. She's she's strong. She's ready to glow. So I think that's that's probably the most important scene in the movie. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think of that. I think of Bob shooting Helen up into the plane to go grab Jack Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of he noticed me or something like that at the very beginning when Violet turns invisible. I'm not thinking of like iconic scenes. I'm thinking of just like scenes that I'm like little just remembering. Bits. They're little, yeah, they're little things here and there. Yeah, Edna um, scene with them. yeah, Edna scenes. Uh, even Dash and running on water. Yeah, Dash running on water, which was a huge thing, and then um, even Dash and Helen in the car when mm-hmm. 
she says everyone's special dash and he says well that means nobody is Mm -hmm. and then how that plays into syndromes like whole spiel so it's like little things here and there but i think i i think like the most iconic scene is the hero shot yeah i still think i i think beauty and the beast wins it for that um yeah as far as like iconic and mostly used and yeah and replicated um, and referenced and yeah yeah this movie got referenced in Hamilton, guys. Did it? Yeah. How? In the mob song, Gaston says, Three, screw your courage to the mm. sticky place. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Angelica says it in Take a Break. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And in the, the, the book that Lynn published to be a companion to the, the musical, mm-hmm. he says that that was a reference in, to Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Aww. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, do we have anything else? I can't think of anything else. I think I brought up all the points based that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Better question, are you guys ready to pick? I am. Okay, then Heather gets to go first. <laughs> I get to go first, lame. You, you're ready. Well, I'm ready for like the deciding phase, not necessarily that I'm decided. <laughs> so now you don't know what you're going to pick? Well, because nope, I'm You already torn. said you have to go first. Yeah. So I'm torn because I love watching The Incredibles, and, like, if I went by the whole, if I was stuck in a room for a day, and I only had one movie to watch, what would I watch? Like, it would be The Incredibles. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what I would watch. But I do love, like, subtlety things in movies, like, the different, like, color palettes and stuff like that, and I do love classics. Classic. Um... So yeah, so it's hard because I'm like, man, I love The Incredibles, but it's also like, The Beauty and the Beast is referenced everywhere. <laughs> so what do if, I go okay. with everybody or do I just go with me? <laughs> what if we all like give our sides and then at the end we do one, two, three and I'll say our pick. Give our sides, what do you mean? Like say, say our reasoning. Say our reasoning for either one mm. like you just did. Oh, okay. So there's mine. <laughs> Okay. But I still don't have a pick. <laughs> right. Well, while me and Grace are talking, I'll think you can figure it out. <laughs> I'll debate. Grace, you want me? To, you want me to go next? Yeah. Okay. I'm really glad that both of these movies, Lion King notwithstanding, are the the final two. Because both of these movies, and just talking about them right now, they're both so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the storytelling and the relatability of. The Incredibles. Uh, I love the score, even though I had to, you know, poke at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do love the score. Uh, it's the one thing that I would love to play live. Uh, I'm a kid who grew up, or I'm a well, I'm not a kid anymore. As a kid, mm-hmm. I loved Heroes. I still love Heroes, and it's pretty sure it's my favorite Pixar movie. Forget what day it is, but it's probably my favorite Pixar movie. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, I think, is probably probably a the peak if not a peak for disney uh it's not as deep story-wise as the incredibles are it's not nearly as relatable except for all the times that the beast just face palms and kind of broods in his room mm-hmm. I, I felt that that's a whole ass mood for me <laughs> and all the symbolism all the uh, the the color things, all the the subtle things that are in this movie, it it's so amazing. I love the the detail that went into, you know, the little things like lighting and the color and the how it relates to the theme of everything. Beauty and the Beast is the scene. It's oh my, it's it's wonderful. I wish I had a bigger TV so I could have played it bigger on my wall because it always looks great. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that done badly. What we said about Legacy, all of these movies have, you know, they're iconic movies. And ask anybody, these are probably the two that people would pick for top two. I disagree on that part, but <laughs> that's fine. I said the whole, I started by saying Lion King notwithstanding. But ended by saying that's what you thought people would choose. You know what? I'm pretty, I'm not terribly, dis- like, it's not a big, big deal that these are the last two i definitely didn't expect these to be the last two movies but i'm not mad about it 
I think um, Beauty and the Beast is, there is something to be said about having a classic that stands up for years and years and years, and it has the iconic scenes, and it has Angela Lansbury and um, some really some really good songs. It's got a good ensemble cast. It's got a strong female. And yeah, and then The Incredibles, like, I love how real it is. I love how relatable it is. And um, it's it's a little different for even Pixar. It's definitely different for Disney, but it's a little different to get that real and, and talk about issues that are scary and very relatable, almost to the point where it could be triggering if you're in a really bad spot as a family. But I appreciate that realness and I love the soundtrack and Tori you asked earlier if there's any other soundtrack that would work and I don't know that there is I don't think there's a, like if you tried to put Wally's music to it, it it wouldn't match up it's not right you know I think these are both really really good that's not what I meant like I didn't I didn't say like take another another like well, could even, other even, music be written yeah that... and I think what I mean is like um it's so important because it's not a spy movie. Um, it's it's a superhero movie, but it has all of these spy elements, and so I think it's really important to have music that references all the spy movies that we know and love um, outside of the Disney universe to kind of tie that in and give that mystique and danger and um, excitement and adventure. Before we pick, I just want to gripe about something. There. <laughs> There are a lot of white people in The Incredibles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at the scene where, um, at the beginning when uh, Bob is getting sued mm-hmm. and uh, the guy he saved is having that interview with, you know, it's him and his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like, all the people around that guy all kind of looked the same. And it yeah. was bothering me. <laughs> I think that was intentional, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there are... There is definitely a lack of diversity in general in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the 1950s. So that, that does kind of contribute to it. You know what? I'm, y'all are saying that. I'm not sure that I thought it was in the 1950s this whole time. We proved it. It's in a newspaper. We talked about it during, uh, what, Incredibles 2, I think? Oh. There's a, there's a newspaper that has, has a date on it. Okay. And then it's 15 later, 15 years later. 1962. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am remembering this. Got it. Also, I realize I hadn't said this in a while, but how did Elastigirl? How did her organs she... stay intact? Yeah. Like no, no, no. I mean, like looking at her when she was younger. Like, did she do squats? Is that her using her powers to look <laughs> like that? Is it? She does jump from rooftop to rooftop a lot, so it might be all the squats from doing that. The That's leg true. muscles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she stretches, but you know, has to spring forward with her legs. And can she stretch but not shrink? I mean, she because she gets she gets caught in the those doors and everything. Like she couldn't, like you know how in the Fantastic Four, how Mister Fantastic just kind of slides his and his hand under the door. So she does mm-hmm. that in Incredibles too, but I think there has to be more room because she's still like rubber. Yeah. Okay. She's but you just can squ- you can thick squish rubber. rubber. Yeah, but not to the point where. <laughs> Uh, like, cause those doors were actively like closing on her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they might've like, if she went too thin, it might've cut, might've split. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cause all of those doors were just, mm-hmm. they were trying to close and on it's her. Not, mm-hmm. And it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, a normal bedroom door, which, which she did in Incredibles too. Mm-hmm. how she could have slipped her hand. Under. Okay. I guess there has to be room for her to shrink. Yeah. Because then she flattens, she flattens so hard with, uh, in the space, in the, in Incredibles 1, when that shuttle was, like, coming in and she was like, ah, you know? Yes. And then she also flattened really hard with that train in Incredibles mm-hmm. 2. <sighs> we want to pick? Yeah. Yeah, it feels weird. Grace, you want to count it off like we do? Uh-huh. Uh, after, for Clap test. test. Yeah. Heather, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <sighs> I think I'm going to be outvoted. <laughs> but that's okay. Let's see if I can get a giggle out. Three, two, one. Beauty and Incredibles. the Beast. Incredibles. Yeah. See, I think. Yes. 
<laughs> Finally! Yeah. I've lost for like the last three episodes. <laughs> Our true winner. Champion. Is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say now. It's kind of just like, uh, okay. Drunken yeah. Disney, just get really wasted. This has been really yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. That or yeah. it's really celebratory. I don't know. Just get wasted. It's a little bit yeah. of both. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I'm a little sad that we didn't plan to have like champagne or something. Yeah. I wish we all could have been in one place while doing this, but yeah. it is what it is. Life is life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really weird that we said everything and then picked, so we don't have, like, anything to say afterwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah. Can we say why? Like, kind of elaborate a little bit on why? I mean, sure, if I you want. we already talked about it. If you have anything else to add, you can. I'm not a sore loser because it's a very nice classic movie and it has a whole bunch of depth to it and it tried, tries to be sneaky with the colors and stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> sneaky. Sneaky colors. Yes. Sneaky, um, vibrant colors. Red and blue. <laughs> something that I was thinking about right before I said my answer, when I was figuring out uh, Beauty and the Beast, you guys kept saying if I were to watch um, one movie all day, mm-hmm. I like Beauty and the Beast because I'd be able to watch it more times because it's like 30 minutes shorter <laughs> then the Incredibles, so, so I'd be able, able to get more, in more watches runs. in. Yeah, yeah. This is still. I've mentioned this before. This is the movie my mom watches every time she's sick, and um, I watch it a lot of the time when I get sick too because of that. Definitely some sentimental value there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the Bell is the one that my mom compares my older sister to because she's mm-hmm. strong, independent, but also loves to read so much. Um, mm-hmm. So it was always my sister for Belle and then me for Mulan. I really relate to the Beast sometimes because... <laughs> oh, the other thing I was thinking about, I'll get to that. Uh, I relate to the Beast sometimes because he's, he tries, you can tell he's trying so hard. Like he's he's super defensive of the Rose. Mm-hmm. Like when he yells at Belle, he immediately regrets it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what causes him to go after her. Yeah. Something I was thinking about earlier, I want to see like a prequel, like the Beast's other attempts to find love. Because <laughs> like, was he, has he tried before or was it just, okay, this is the first girl I've seen in, you know, six years. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine, well, I captured this one's father, but she apparently has daddy issues. So she just didn't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> she said, yeah, just take him. <laughs> that's funny yeah so being in the beast is our winner yeah what do you think of our choice did we get it right should lion king have been the winner all along Hmm. should wally or finding nemo have been the winner all along or hunchback or why not (laughs) 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 you're lucky you live far away and there's debris between us right now funny there's debris um yeah i i i still think lion king but it doesn't make me sad i I think beauty and beast is up there Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. so i guess i'll do plugs now yeah you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus uh give us a five-star review let us know what you think of the podcast you can also find us on twitter at disney bs Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. And if you leave us a five-star review and a comment on Facebook or Twitter, I'll read it on the air. You can also follow us on Google Play Music, where you can give us... 12 half candlesticks. Out of 11. Out of, okay. out of eight. eight. Eight's a good eight's a good number. I like that. Okay. <laughs> um... There are a lot of movies coming up for the rest of the... Well, I say a lot, and I only have three written down that I definitely might want to talk about. We have Toy Story 4 coming up. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah. I finally saw Aladdin, by the way. Ooh. Lion King comes out in July. Frozen 2 comes out in November. I know Tim wanted to talk about Lion King. We'll have him back for that. And I don't know what we're going to do for Frozen 2 or Toy Story 4. We'll figure it out. Uh... Grace, what did you think of Aladdin? I liked it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't amazeballs. I think I like it more than I liked live action Beauty and the Beast. 
That's fair. But I've only seen that once. But yeah, I I, I liked it. I thought it was solid. I had just downloaded the soundtrack right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to uh, Speechless and A Whole New World. I like Speechless. It's really good. What's funny is the night before I saw it, I knew I was going to see it the next day. And the night before I saw it, I put on um, a Disney Spotify playlist for closing out my store. Mm-hmm. And all of us were like, what's this song? And someone was spotted or someone like pulled up the Spotify and was like, oh, it's from the new Aladdin movie. And I was like, oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like part one more than I like the full version. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just because it sounds different. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, kinda... she's singing it differently. Yeah. I liked his voice a lot. I didn't quite like how affected her voice was, how kind of poppy it was. What What letter grade do you give it? B plus. Cool. I think that's what I gave it on the review. All right. Well, where we go from here, now that the bracket is done, we have yet to figure out. We will discuss it, and we will hit you guys right in your ear holes with a new episode as soon as we figure it out. I think we might be taking the summer off, with the exception of the uh, the you know Toy Story 4 and The Lion King. But... Uh, until then, thank you to everyone who've been involved with the bracket, listening-wise or you know contribution-wise. I said all the thank yous um, during our recap episode. I missed uh, Casey Butler, who uh, did what Lion King, not Lion King, who did Mulan and what Tarzan. Mm-hmm. She was on a Mulan episode because we were talking about Shang. So sorry, Casey. Here's your shout out. Thanks for being on the episode with us. Um. Until then, if we don't see you guys for a while, thanks again. Hopefully we'll see you guys next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.